This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. When we last left Svetlana, she had just married William Wesley Peters, becoming Svetlana Peters. Not that one, the other one. And Olga Vana could not have been more pleased to once again have a daughter named Svetlana. Svetlana, something goes about my name. Svetlana was some kind of a mysterious thing, you know. Before coming to Arizona, Svetlana had been in the driver's seat of her new American life. But here at Taliesin, it was already clear to her that Olga Vanna called the shots. After only three weeks together, there was still a lot she didn't know about this Montenegrin matriarch. And there's so much I want to tell you. As you'll see, Olga Vanna is a fascinating woman. A woman who lived through revolutions and revelations, all in the pursuit of immortality. I'm not making this up. That's really what she was after. Since I was... 12 years old. I wished for immortality. I realized that human life was so transient that by the time a human being has developed his powers, he has to leave. It was impossible for me to accept, and I was certain that there was a way out. And I found, for me, that way out. So... Who was this woman who had yearned for Svetlana to come and visit? Who had promised to be Svetlana's mother reincarnate if Svetlana would play daughter? And who seemed to be queen mother to everyone around her? In this episode, we're going back to find out. To the shores of the Black Sea, to the origins of an existentially adrift aristocrat who became the devoted disciple of an Armenian mystic, the wife and partner of an architectural giant, and a force to be reckoned with in her own right. My name is Dan Katroser, and this is Svetlana Svetlana. You wake up in the morning.
from Montenegro. When Olga Vana was 14, she went to a fortune teller in Batumi, Georgia, on the Black Sea. She describes it vividly in an autobiography published after her death. The creaky winding stairs, the sparse room with four chairs, a square table, and a milky crystal ball. The not-at-all-creepy painting of a baby with bulging eyes that hung in the corner. Olgavana listened to the woman as her brow furrowed with concentration. She warned of an early unhappy marriage, but added, and I quote, You will be given a chance to change your destiny. If you do, you will marry a very famous man. I think he has something to do with geometry. I see triangles, circles, and squares. As a highly educated young woman who'd grown up amongst the aristocracy, her mother, a fierce army general, her father, the chief justice of Montenegro, Olgavana had seemingly gone into the experience a bit skeptical. But she couldn't help but wonder who this man would be, this very famous man who had something to do with geometry. Okay, look, we all know who this man will be. Spoiler alert, as the kids say. But at the time, Olgavana wouldn't have known anything about Frank Lloyd Wright. She was a teenager, halfway around the world, living with her rich sister in Georgia, yearning to move to Moscow to be an actress. And now she apparently needed to find her soulmate, the man who would save her from unhappiness and change her life. Which gives us no other alternative than to go live from the closet inside my basement. Welcome to the Montenegrin Dating Game! It's time to meet our first three eligible bachelors, and here they are! Will Olga Vana end up with bachelor number one, Valdemar Hinzenberg, a Latvian architect who comes on strong, marries this teen bride, and gives her a daughter, Svetlana? Nope, Hinzenberg is more of a Hindenburg, a blimp of a marriage that's not gonna fly. So let's meet bachelor number two. It's Luigi. Luigi is a childhood friend who reunites with Olgavana as her cabaret co-star at the theater her husband owns. Their chemistry explodes on and off stage. Could this man change her destiny? Nope, his parents find out about the affair and, mortified, send him away. Before we meet bachelor number three, let's take a break and get really depressed. Things for Olgavana were getting hard, and not just in her love life. The Russian Revolution had destabilized the region, and where Olgavana had come from wealth and aristocracy, she was now like everyone else, selling her jewelry and waiting in line for bread. She was also still in a loveless marriage. The fortune teller had been right about that. And her little daughter, Svetlana, was sick with dysentery. You know, that thing you always get in the Oregon Trail game. It was a tough time. An all-is-lost kind of time. And in the midst of that despair, a friend told Olgavana that she ought to go see this Armenian mystic. He was teaching strange mathematical dances that could unlock the inner soul and perhaps lead to immortality. And didn't the fortune teller say that her mystery man would have something to do with geometry? 
when Olga Vanna pushed open the door to see the dances of this strange mystic, she walked in on a bald man in his 50s with a Salvador Dali mustache, impishly instructing a group of women how to dance. This is bachelor number three. This is Georgie Gurdjieff. Gurdjieff was born in Armenia in 1866. To put that in context, that is exactly one year after 1865. On a spiritual quest in the deserts of Afghanistan, Gurdjieff discovered Sufi dances that awaken the soul. There's a very dull movie called Meetings with Remarkable Men about Gurdjieff's ascendance, which lands on him witnessing these very dances called The Movements. Everyone in the monastery learns the alphabet of these movements. We can read in them truths placed there many thousands of years ago. I understand. Riveting. The dances were unlike anything Olgavana had ever seen. They demanded a precision that would take hours, days, weeks, months to perfect. And they weren't just beautiful. They were transcendent, spiritual, mathematical, meant to unite one's mind, emotions, and physical being. The dances were also centered on the pelvis. Gurdjieff would say, ass is projector for understanding all other parts of a person. Ass is root. And this is why I love history. With these movements, along with a system of self-development he called the fourth way, Gurdjieff promised to develop, quote, harmonious individuals who could achieve a higher level of consciousness. Olgavana was intrigued. Gurdjieff's belief system was harsh but clear. You can become anything you want to be, Olgavana recalls him telling her. You can be godlike. You can do things plain mortals cannot do, provided you struggle with yourself to overcome your weakness. George Ivanich, she said, most of all, I want immortality. And Gurdjieff said he could help her. He sends her on a Rocky-style, rigorous training period that will make her into the best Gurdjieffian disciple of them all. First, fire your servants. Cook and clean for yourself and for all the Gurdjieffians. Jab, jab, left hook, jab. Second, give up all material possessions. Suffering is how you grow. Uppercut, punch, punch, noogie, jab. Third, learn the movements. Math dance, math dance, math dance. You can see it now, can't you? It's every dance montage rolled into one. It's Fosse Verdon. It's Julia Stiles and Save the Last Dance. It's Flashdance, people. We are maniac, maniac on the floor. Olga Vanna was gaining favor and growing closer and closer to higher consciousness. But the tests were also getting harder and harder. In the most brutal test of all, Gurdjieff asks Olga Vanna to send away her daughter Svetlana to her brother in America. Svetlana, her precious five-year-old? It's at this moment when I want to remind us all that decades later, our own Svetlana, Svetlana Aluyeva, would be faced with the same dilemma. Go for the thing you really want, but give up your children on the way. But Olgavana's Svetlana was still a kid, this abandonment is the stuff of fairy tales, of biblical challenges. I offer you eternal life if you give up your child. 
Olgavana makes the deal. She packs up her little girl and sends her to America. Now alone, Olgavana can focus entirely on her studies in France with what Gurdjieff calls his Institute for the Harmonious Development of Man, the IFDOM for short. No one calls it that, but I will. The IFDOM is headquartered in an old 45-acre French estate outside of Paris called the Priore a three-story mansion with a suite for Gurdjieff and former servants' quarters for the disciples who are meant to part with all things comfort. Gurdjieff is particularly hard on Olgavana. Knowing that her heart is aching for her daughter, he puts her in charge of caring for the children of other disciples. And when he catches her self-soothing by eating desserts in the kitchen at night, he cuts off sweets from her diet. If making Olgavana take care of kids while hers is away is salt on a wound, then taking away her sweets is a dump in the mouth. But she understands that these hardships, these are a part of the journey. Do not shut yourself from taking on suffering. You can benefit and you can learn really inside the Iftdam, people flock to study and live under Gurdjieff and his principles. Nobody slept more than a few hours each night. They listened to him lecture and read his writings during the day. They dressed in formal attire for meals at night, cooked by the fellow disciples. And then in the evening, they performed the movements. It was rigorous and angular and in unison, it was math dance. Day after day, there was no rest. But then at that time, you really know what relaxation is. Then you enjoy the moments of your life to which you have given consent. Meanwhile, according to the fellowship, Gurdjieff was sleeping with most, if not all, of his young female followers, including married women. Probably Olgavana too, who, fun fact, was still married to Svetlana's father. Oh, and you want another fun fact? According to some lucky ladies, Gurdjieff could apparently make a woman orgasm from across the room with just his gaze. But as great as this dance-filled fucktopia was, money was always a challenge. Geometrically dancing together outside of Paris is not exactly lucrative and they were in danger of losing Priore. On Christmas Day, Olgavana gathers with a hundred other followers for a banquet. Like an Armenian Willy Wonka, Gurdjieff announces he's hidden a golden coin in the Christmas pudding. Whoever finds it will be marked for greatness, he says, and given the gift of a newborn calf. The disciples dig in, and as Olgavana's spoon dips below the surface, there's the sound of a clink. It's the golden coin. After dinner, Gurdjieff brings Olgavana to the stables, to the baby calf, and as she cradles it in her arms in the cold night in the winter outside of Paris, she knows the universe is calling her to a new place. A place where she can be reunited with her daughter. A place where the if can reach new heights and save itself from financial ruin. A place where the roads are paved with gold and people bake apple pies out of baseballs and freedom. A place called 
America. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Act 2. Frankie and Olga Vani Olga Vana, Gurdjieff, and an entourage of 21 students decide to bring their revolutionary movements on tour to make some money and make a splash. They dance in Paris, Chicago, New York. A New York Times critic calls their performance, quote, the most amazing dancing he had ever seen, in comparison, the best of the Russian ballet seems like child's play. And speaking of children, Olga Vana is finally reunited with her daughter, Svetlana, who's been living in New York City this whole time with Olga Vana's brother. Mother and daughter are back together again, the tour is a recruiting success, and there's hope of establishing an American base. Big-time director Cecil B. DeMille even offers Olga Vana a spot in the pictures as a Hollywood dancer. Olga Vana declines. She's devoted to her master. But her master doesn't seem as devoted to her because he apparently kicks her out of the priore. And so, in this new chapter of life, Olga Vana eventually makes her way to Chicago, where she finally meets her foretold geometry man, one Mr. Frank Lloyd Wright, on a Sunday afternoon in November of 1924. I'm curious... If you, like, can remember when you first heard the story of how the two of them fell in love and what that story was. Oh, wow. I was just reading up on the story last night. That's Kieran Murphy. For 25 years, she was a tour guide at Taliesin in Wisconsin and is something of a Frank Lloyd Wright scholar. She even runs a blog devoted to Wrightian history. KieranMurphy.com. K-E-I-R-A-N. When you go on tours of the Taliesin Estate in Wisconsin, 
or Taliesin and West in Arizona, you'll be sure to hear the story of how the Wrights fell in love. Here's Kieran. They met by chance in Chicago, the ballet on a Sunday matinee. Olga Vanna recalls in her autobiography that she'd had a sudden desire to refresh the memories of her youth, deciding spontaneously to attend a performance by the Russian ballet. When she arrives, there's just one ticket left in a partially occupied box. She takes it. It was a full house. He was in the box seat with his friend, and the only seat open was the seat next to his, and he said right before the lights came down, the usher brought in this dark, exotic, very beautiful woman, and that, of course, was Olga Vanna. Frank Lloyd Wright is 57. Olga Vanna is 26, with a dancer's lithe physique, thick dark hair, and an aristocratic bearing. By every account, she is stunning. It's no wonder she immediately catches Wright's eye. Eventually, he makes his move. Wright was not impressed with the main ballerina, and he said all of these people are dead. It's like the dead dancing for the dead. The dead dancing for the dead. That would have resonated deeply with Olgavana, who'd spent years under Gurdjieff learning that most people live as if asleep. It was like Frank Lloyd Wright had uttered a secret code. She writes, I knew then that it was meant to be. They went out for tea later, and he said he fell in love with her that night. And she said later that she fell in love with him that night, too. It's there, over tea at the Congress Hotel on Michigan Avenue, where they divulge to each other their pasts. The good, the bad, and the fugly. Wright goes first, diving into his shit show of a life. Forgive me, I'm going to gloss over what could easily be a whole other podcast. He tells her of the wife and six children he abandoned for a new life with another married woman, of the butler he fired, who then tragically axe-murdered his mistress and her two children and burned his estate to the ground of the wealthy woman he'd fallen for in his grief, who'd helped him rebuild Taliesin from the ashes, and how their relationship had since devolved. You know, really sexy first-date kind of stuff. He was married, he told Olgavana, but utterly alone. Olgavana goes next. She tells him of her studies with Gurdjieff, the movements and their supernatural powers. They discuss art and philosophy, each impressed with the other. She talks of her unhappy marriage and her young daughter, Svetlana. A string orchestra plays a Strauss waltz and Wright asks her to dance. They're alone, gliding through the courtyard. I want to be with you always, Wright says to her. And you? Yes, says Olgavana, always. It's worth noting that I too stayed at the Congress on Michigan Avenue, but I did not fall in love or dance to a Strauss waltz. I merely ate deep dish pizza and befriended a janitor who told me stories about the ghost children who haunted the halls. Not long after their chance encounter, Frank invites Olga Vanna to the newly rebuilt Taliesin, where she implies they have sex all night long in the living room. Boy, isn't that just beautiful. Wright calls it fate. Olgavana thanks God. It's divine, written in the stars. But fate doesn't allow them to just join forces as quickly as they've joined hearts. And other things. They were both still married, after all. And it didn't take long for things to go off the rails. 
Let's flip through the insane calendar of 1925, shall we? March. Olga Vanna is pregnant and she moves into Taliesin. April. Taliesin goes up in flames for the second time. December. Olga Vanna gives birth to a baby girl, Yavanna, causing a tabloid sensation. This jolts their family out of Wisconsin and on the lam. It sets Frank's estranged wife on a legal warpath, and Wright's ever precarious financial situation forces the bank to seize Taliesin. This time is messy and chaotic, but I'll skip to the happy-ish ending of that insane chapter. In 1928, Frank and Olga Vanna emerge triumphant, divorced, remarried, two kids back in their own home through some clever financial maneuvering. Yes, they did it. Love wins. And then... In the wake of the Great Depression, the public is burdened with the realities of unemployment and poverty. Americans begin to... The Great Depression. If anyone is prepared for this moment, it's Frank and Olga Vanna Lloyd Wright. At 62 years young, Wright has spent his entire life spending money he doesn't have and bouncing back from financial ruin over and over again. Throughout much of his life, Frank Lloyd Wright was plagued by financial troubles, much of it his own doing. And having survived the Russian Revolution and spent years with Gurdjieff, Olga Vanna is a pro at thriving under duress. Hardship is her whole shtick. And at this moment, when it feels like the world is collapsing, Frank and Olga Vanna Lloyd Wright both dream of forging a new world together. A utopia fashioned from their most progressive and exciting architectural ideals and philosophical beliefs. A collective community of like-minded individuals in pursuit of beauty and enlightenment an enterprise that would sustain them during these trying times. Frank Lloyd Wright was broke before the Depression hit in 1929, but the few clients that came to see him at Taliesin found themselves broke as well. He had to develop something, something to sustain himself. The Wrights were building an army of apprentices who would pay to work at a time when you were lucky to have a job at all. No buildings to build at that harrowing moment. But why not build the builders of buildings against the time when buildings might again be built? Couldn't have said it better myself. The fellowship would cost more than Harvard. There would be no exams, no degrees. The goal, as the prospectus put it, would be to develop a well-correlated human individual. The very thing Olgavana had been training to do for years. Don't you believe with me that that architect must be a whole man? with integrity, with honesty, with courage, with force. When the Wrights start to advertise their fellowship, eager students from around the world wrote in, my desire to be one of the apprentices is so great that I would almost slave to be included. It has been said that those who come here, indeed all those whose work is inspired by Frank Lloyd Wright, are more disciples than students of the master. In 1932, Wright boldly announced his plans for the Taliesin Fellowship. Applications poured in from all over the world. By the summer of 1932, their first apprentice, William Wesley Peters, makes his way to Taliesin and shakes the hand of Frank Lloyd Wright. Dozens more sign up to be the inaugural Taliesin Fellows. 
the fellowship had begun. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Act 3. The Struggle Within Decades later, in her interview with Roger Friedland and Harold Zellman, Svetlana would admit that as soon as she met Olga Vanna in March of 1970, she had a familiar, uneasy feeling. How did you feel about Mrs. Wright? What was your sense of her at that well, time? Well, my sense was tremendous disappointment, number one, because I thought that I'm going to meet a woman... Uh, dark hair, dark eyed, probably like my mother, born the same year. She was not like my mother at all. She was very strong. She was very assertive. She was telling people what to do. She was more like my father. She had this yellow spark in her eye. I could see people were afraid of her. When the fellowship began in 1932, the apprentices were there to worship at the altar of Frank Lloyd Wright. But after his death, the person they answered to was Olgavana. Her power rested on her partnership with Wright, the partnership that had been divined by God, by fate, by a lucky seat placement at a ballet performance in 1924. But what if that tale, told over and over again, 
the tale of happenstance of a man in his late 50s meeting a young woman in her 20s, launching him into the glorious third act of his life and career and helping him to build this new world of the Taliesin Fellowship. What if that wasn't coincidence at all? While working on their book, Roger and Harold wanted to deconstruct that chance meeting. Here's Harold. The box seat that Wright describes in the autobiographies over the stage, those seats were always house seats. That's very meaningful because the person who organized the performance was a Gertrifian. Frank Lloyd Wright's seat was provided by a Gertrifian to Ogavana and Frank, those two seats together at the theater. Through years of research, Harold and Roger came to believe that the whole thing was an orchestrated attempt to bait right with the irresistibly seductive Olgavana, a ruse. The Gurdjieffians had been searching for an American base, and Wright was the perfect mark. Taliesin could be their home, and Olgavana, who'd been cast off by her teacher, could be useful to Gurdjieff once again. There's a considerable evidence that her whole strategy which involved arranging to meet Frank Lloyd Wright, was intended to find a perfect place to replace Gurdjieff's former institute in France. Ogavana's goal was to meet Frank Lloyd Wright, marry him, and have access to Taliesin in uh, Wisconsin as a center for Gurdjieff. Harold and Roger did a bunch of interviews and combed through old correspondence to find other details that support this theory. It's a complicated web of collusion, so if you want the full scoop, you can read their book. It's fabulous. But look, I'm a romantic. It certainly is a better story if Frank and Olga Vanna Lloyd Wright had happened to meet and fall in love by chance. Can't you just see them as one of those couples reminiscing and when Harry met Sally, talking over each other? We met at the ballet! You were so beautiful. You were so old! But I tend to believe that Olga Vanna knew who'd be sitting in the box that day. That she found her mark and she played him. Yet I also believe that Olga Vanna did genuinely fall for him. Like in 10 Things I Hate About You, where Heath Ledger actually falls for Batman. Either way, the fellowship at Taliesin was the love child of both Olgavana and Frank Lloyd Wright, two powerful people with big dreams and big egos. Over the next 30 years, there are vivid accounts of their relationship as brimming with passion, but also of jealousy and anger as they fought for their opposing visions. Wright wanted Olgavana to choose between the two great men in her life, him or Gurdjieff. Olgavana wanted Wright to make room for them both, this struggle would persist throughout their marriage and the history of the fellowship. Olgavana would teach dances in secret and lecture at night when Wright had gone to sleep. When he would find out, he'd erupt in rage and by many accounts, turn to violence. Did a man of such strong will permit a mere woman like yourself to keep her own identity? Did he make any effort to impose his ideas upon you? To impose his ideas upon me? Of course he did. We fought terribly. We fought marvelously, too, upon practically every subject. But I don't believe that anyone thought I lacked identity. But the struggle finally ended when Wright, at the ripe old age of 91, died. 
Simon and Garfunkel would sing about his death the same year Svetlana arrived at Taliesin West. So long, Frank Lloyd Wright. I can't believe your song is gone so soon. The throne suddenly belonged to Olgavana and Olgavana alone. No more dissenting opinions and power struggles. The fellowship was hers, and she could tune it to her will without objection. Did I ever have an idea of a school? Of course I did. As you well know, I was trained in philosophy and psychology in Gurdjieff School, which I believe was the greatest contribution to me. This is the Taliesin that Svetlana is absorbed into. A mishmash of architecture and mysticism, a royal court that reminded Svetlana in some ways of the life she'd left behind in Russia. An insular universe led by Olgavana with a velvet glove and an iron fist who'd always yearned for her throne a daughterless mother and a motherless daughter, both in perpetual mourning, two women trying to survive relationships with complicated and violent men and come into their own power. Yet, whether they realize it or not, these two women are now diametrically opposed to one another. To sustain the Taliesin world order, Olgavana needs Svetlana to fall in line. But will Svetlana, after everything she's been through, bend the knee? We'll find out on the next episode of Svetlana Svetlana. Svetlana Svetlana is a production of iHeart Podcasts and the Documentary Group. I'm your host, Dan Katroser. The show is written and produced by me, Adam Weber, Allison Joy, and Catherine Isaac. We also serve as executive producers. At The Documentary Group, our executive producer is Joe Batsilowitz, with production oversight by Stacey Klieger and additional support from Tom Yellen and Gabrielle Tenenbaum. Our iHeart team is supervising producer Casey Pegram and executive producer Maya Howard, editing assistance from producers Christina Loringer and Joey Pat. Original music by Ilan Isakov. Production counsel by Sloss Eckhouse Dasty Haynes Lawco. Clearance counsel by Ballard Spar. Fact checking assistance by Megan Trout. Research assistance by Caleb Martin Rosenthal, Emily Ang, and Sophia Durso. Special thanks to my husband, Jordan Siegel, and Roger Friedland and Harold Zellman, authors of the book The Fellowship, who kindly granted permission to include excerpts from their taped interview with Svetlana. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. 
visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 